Hey everybody, this is Father John Ricardo with Acts 29, and in the middle of all the craziness and the uncertainty that's going on right now, it seems from our perspective as a team that it's worth using these days to reflect in a more deliberate way on the scriptures every day, which for many of us now is the only spiritual food that we're receiving. And so we're going to do a special podcast series simply entitled, Be Not Afraid, God's Word in Uncertain Times. And we'll try to post something every day, usually reflecting on the scriptures so that we can listen in on what God is trying to say to us in these days. The last couple of days I've been sharing excerpts from an exceptional book called From Christendom to Apostolic Mission. It's available uh, on Amazon. It's subtitled Pastoral Strategies for an Apostolic Age. And as I've said over the last couple of days, I, I just can't encourage people enough to buy this, to soak in it, and to pass it off to uh, their pastors and associate pastors and my brother's priests. Um, guys, if you haven't seen this, I just can't encourage it enough. I've been praying with a draft of this that's been floating around for the last couple of years, uh, ever since I first saw it, and it has informed much of the way that I think, and um, I want to continue to share some excerpts from it, just because it is so rich. So he, he writes again here, every human society possesses, with more or less strength, a moral and spiritual imaginative vision, a set of assumptions, a way of looking at things that's largely taken for granted rather than argued for. These fundamental assumptions provide the atmosphere the society's members breathe and the soil in which the various institutions of the society take root and grow. Such a vision is holistic, a way of seeing things, it is usually secured by a religion that orders the deepest questions, but it includes more than what we usually call religion. Not only a moral code, but also an accepted ideal of the good person. Clear categories of success and failure, economic and political values and practices, legal codes and public policy, manners and modes of entertainment. Such a vision is the property not just of a few specially educated people, but of the whole society. Some will understand and be able to articulate the vision better than others, but all will possess it. In a vigorous civilization, this imaginative vision is a more or less settled matter. And the longer it is settled, the more deeply and unconsciously it is assumed. When a culture's vision is seriously contested, the society will go into a crisis until its original vision is either reconstituted or overthrown, and another overarching vision takes its place. Much of what it means to be converted in mind is to receive and embrace the Christian imaginative vision of the cosmos, to see the whole of the world according to the revelation given in Christ, and to act upon that sight with consistency. The ruling vision of a given society will have many sources, religion, philosophical currents, traditions that come down from long usage, social and political experience as it is distilled over time, linguistic and geographic and artistic influences. What is important to note is that such a holistic vision, whether possessed by a society or by a group of people within a broader society or by an individual, is the basis of that society's 
or groups or persons action. Another way of describing this is to note that each individual, each society, every group within the society carries an inner narrative that provides a sense of meaning and direction. Because humans are creatures who make their way through time and space, who are by nature historical beings with a past and a future, we are necessarily involved in a kind of story. And we cannot escape the construction of a narrative that provides a compass and signposts along the way. There are no doubt better and worse narratives, and they are susceptible of examination and development over time. But none of us can function without a narrative of some sort, even if we might want to or claim to. For most, this personal narrative will be assumed, often unconsciously, from the ruling imaginative vision of their society. As life goes on, depending upon cast of mind and opportunities, some will bring various aspects of the vision they have inherited under scrutiny and either lay hold of it more firmly with greater understanding or perhaps adjust it and amend it, even at times entirely rejecting it in order to embrace a different vision and a different narrative. But for the majority, the ruling vision is never examined because it's not known to exist. It's not so much something that is seen as something through which everything else is seen. It appears, if at all, as simply self-evident. Pollsters often ask, are things in general going in a good direction or a bad one? Is life in America or on Earth getting better, getting worse, or staying about the same? The response to such a question always assumes a particular overall vision and a corresponding narrative, without which no possible answer could be given. The one who sees the main story of life as a battle for economic success and has sorted out plans that hinge upon ever-increasing possibilities of possessions and financial security will answer this question on the basis of economic variables. Wealth is increasing. Possibilities for further increase look favorable into the future. Things are going well. Or stocks are down. Markets are fragile. Inflation is high. Things are going badly. The one who sees the world as an arena where the struggle for personal freedom is played out will evaluate the question on the basis of factors like the success or failure of democracy in America and around the world, or the degree to which individual freedom is being even better protected or even ever more encroached upon. The one who sees the fundamental drama of life as an evolutionary process demanding the proper handling of the ecosystem in order to secure the further development of the human race will look to questions of pollution or climate change or sustainable use of resources. The one whose narrative involves a revelation of cosmic battle for souls between God and the devil will answer the question according to the advance or retreat of Christianity. The same holds true at an individual level. Every time a person is asked the common question, how are things? How is life going? The answer is based upon an assumed narrative embedded in an overall vision of life, one that spells out what personal success and failure mean and how they are to be assessed. So the question for you and me today might simply be this. Where do we get our vision from? If someone asks you, how are you doing? How was your life? 
What guides the answer? Is it our life with Christ? Our relationship with Jesus? Our knowledge of the Father and His goodness? Our calling upon the power of the Spirit? Our seeking to grow in conformity to His will? Or is it some other imaginative vision, which perhaps until now, we didn't even realize was there? Again and again, to be a disciple of Jesus is not to see some things differently. It's to see everything differently. Do I? And do you? As we continue to draw near to Pentecost, let's continue to beg the Holy Spirit to descend in power upon us, to renew and enlighten our minds so that we might see everything the way it really is, with a mind that's shaped by the power of the gospel and by the imaginative vision that comes from knowing the goodness of God, that Jesus is Lord, that he's acted on the cross to bind the strong man, to rescue us from sin and death, and that our mission in the world as disciples is not only to personally experience this more and more each and every day, but then to be heralds of it to those around us that do not know him and to be agents in his hand so that the transformation and the recreation of the world which God wants to bring can take place. Do not be afraid. God is with you. You were born for this. 